0: This is a Special Edition iFanboy podcast on Daredevil.
1: When I left my
0: home and my family, I was no more than a boy in the company of strangers In the quiet of the railway station when I was scared They know seeking out the poorer quarters where the ragged people go Looking for the places only they want La, 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 Hello, la, welcome la, to a special la, la, edition iFanboy podcast on Daredevil. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Yo. And joining us is also former iFanboy columnist Mike Romo. Hey, guys. And we're here to talk about Netflix's Daredevil series. That's the first series from the Netflix Marvel Studios partnership that's going to result in five series. And we're, you know, as the Netflix model goes, all 13 episodes came out at once. And this is the. The grim and gritty take on the Marvel Studios universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I guess it's called. Uh, it takes place in the world of Avengers. It's referenced a few times, but it's in a decidedly darker side of the happy Marvel coin. And uh, we're going to talk, talk about it now that these guys have finally finished watching it. Easy, Chief. <laughs> it's
1: hard to. I can't yeah. do more than three in a row. It, makes, it gives me nightmares, and then I can't feel my legs. A 13 hour movie came out, and it was like, You done yet? Like, you yeah. done yet? You done yet?
0: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This whole binge thing, man.
2: Well, I want to talk about that later. I'm going to table that.
0: All right, well, let's table the binge thing. Let's get into the series itself. There'll be spoilers. If you you haven't watched the show, obviously, you you might get spoiled if you listen from here on out. If you haven't heard it yet, pause the show and come back. So, one of the things that I kept thinking of was man, how bad do you feel if you were involved in that Daredevil movie after having watched this? You're drinking. Your heart, I don't think you're gonna feel any.
2: I don't think you're gonna feel any worse than you had previously felt. That's true. <laughs> um, I feel like. I mean, maybe maybe you got a little bit of a bump when people were like, "Well, that director's edition was." And it wasn't. No. But that helped people. Those were, that was you know that helped uh, fans and and the producers get by. I think for a bit. And you know the other thing is Ben Affleck turned out okay. True. Right. Until recently.
0: <laughs> so uh, this was starring Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, Deborah Ann Woll as Karen Page, uh, Eldon Henson as Foggy Nelson, and Vincent D'Onofrio as w- Wilson Fisk. Those are the main mm-hmm. cast members. Uh, let's, Before we get oh. into the series, I was really impressed by Charlie Cox.
1: Well, I think well, I think even far, stepping back, I mean, you know, he sort of embodies this uh, platform for storytelling. I was listening to Scott Johnson over at The Instance, and what he was really excited about this was we finally get to see a darker Marvel universe done fully, thoughtfully, and without hesitation, reservation. And Cox is kind of the, uh, he sort of embodies this Marvel's new ability to to really do something very different than what we've seen in the movies where, yeah, it's been serious, but it's, some of it's been kind of tongue-in-cheek, and it's, you know, there's always been a special effect just waiting around the corner. And I think Charlie puts on the mantle of Daredevil and the responsibility of setting up this entirely new stage, which, you know, of course, it's your guys' old backyard. Um, having Hell's ki- oh Well, yeah. <laughs> but, it, like, but having Hell's Kitchen really, you know, obviously, Connor, as we've talked, we're not really sure that that Hell's Kitchen is truly there anymore, but... No, but there from- was a great Thai place on 45th and 9th.
0: Oh, sorry. sorry. Well, there was six years ago. You don't know if it's still there anymore. Okay. Is anything still there anymore? Oh. Well, well, but, well, a, well, no, I mean, it's, it's a, a bank, bank. now. <laughs> it's a chase yeah.
1: but Cox is amazing I, at first you know it's so funny I have such I love Daredevil the Maliv Bendis uh, series was really one of the first books when I when I got back into comics in 99 uh, or 98 or whatever that was and I, I just remember wow this is this is what a comic book could be and now you know what it, what it should be at least and it, you know it did get super dark but it was funny watching you know Cox speak as a uh, as daredevil and then as murdoch and going okay well it's not the exact voice in my head but if that's my biggest complaint that's that's pretty good because he looked the park i thought he did great
2: you didn't think uh you weren't picturing that he had a barely contained irish accent (laughs) (laughs) just just just
1: trying not to burst he did it he did okay but i'd hear it actually from london actually yeah. Really? Yeah,
0: he's just Irish. He was on, actually, he was Irish from Boardwalk Empire.
1: I, yeah. I, I thought I sort of got that he was always kind of holding stuff in. Then you know, it that works. That's a that's a very actorly thing to say, Mike.
0: Well, one of the <laughs> things that's interesting about this is that, you know, the recent trend for Daredevil has been sort of happy, light, fun Daredevil. So this was at the beginning part sort of somewhat jarring, but this is basically. Yeah. But it, it went, away very, went away very quickly. This is basically a filmic version of the Benes Malive story. I mean, it's not, the beats aren't yeah. there, but it's the tone and the character. I mean, even the down to the glasses that Charlie Cox wore which look exactly like the ones that Malive drew on Daredevil. I hate those glasses.
2: Oh, That's the like... only thing the whole time I was looking at him, I was like, I don't like them, but I guess you could give him the excuse that he's blind. He doesn't know he looks dumb. I thought he looked great. Yeah, I, it looked like the comic book. I'll give you that. But in real life, I thought, they just didn't look contemporary.
1: They looked out of place. It looked like a prop. That's interesting. I just had no idea how iconic that look was. Like, whenever... You know, there were a lot of shots. You know, this is... this. Sh- if you have a, a, a glare anywhere near your TV, you're going to have a problem watching this show. You have to watch just, it at night. This thing <laughs> yeah. is dark. And um, a lot of the way this was shot, and I guess we can get into it later, but the way the glasses would catch the light really reminded me of, of different covers and different panels from the comic book. So I, I really didn't have a problem. Also, the way he tilted his head. That's right. Was very it was that much classic of Murdoch movie. tilt. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I thought the look and feel of it Especially with his costumes and all that, I thought I thought that that stuff didn't. I wasn't distracted at all.
0: So what's interesting is the this is very much an origin story, not just of Daredevil, and Matt Murdock, but also of Wilson Fisk, the king, kingpin. He's never called kingpin; doesn't need to be called kingpin. But the, he's he's not where he is in the beginning. You know, he's he not he's not the kingpin in the beginning of the story. He's one of a group of crime lords, and then by the end, he's the, he's the kingpin. So this is a dual origin story, and that, which this, the Wilson Fisk origin takes a lot from what Jason Aaron wrote in his brief Kingpin story. So there's a lot of mixes going on here. I thought, as we've seen in most of these Marvel projects, they handled it all very well.
1: Yeah, it, there's a lot of characters, but everybody was able... They were all able to breathe. And, of course, this is the nice, relaxed format of having those 13 hours. 13 episodes. hours. Yeah. I get. I guess we... Let's talk about... I can never say Vince's last name. D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Man, it was really... It was really interesting. At times, I... I got beleaguered of his constantly kind of struggling to 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 sort of figure out where his righteousness, right? And he he always seemed like this sort of sad his sadness sort of permeated everything. And sometimes that was distracting, but overall I thought the power that he had was really haunting.
2: Well, let's 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 I mean um he uh, the whole time I would look at him uh, from the neck up, especially, because he's not actually gigantic, and, and to me, like the Kingpin is always—he's like planet-sized, like yeah. he's a giant person. Although
0: Vincent D'Onofrio is a big man, and like,
2: no, he totally a, is, yeah. and it works in real life. It's not—it's not like a thing. It's—it's it's like it's like the X-Men costumes. where You're like, ah, I don't see them in leather, but then you go, well, in real life, that's what they're going to look like. That's right. fine. But my point is, from the neck up, like he literally looks like the cartoon. Right. Yeah. Like I kept going, God, he looks exactly like Frank Miller's drawing of the Kingpin. Like, his head and face. thats I kept seeing it, and I was – I just I, – I, that kept going over my head over and over again. I thought that was really – I was really cool, like, and I don't think of him as – and even, like, when you watch the pictures of the press stuff and everything, and, they, you know, there's been all these shots of, like, Daredevil artists, like, taking pictures with them at Comic-Cons, and, I'm like, he just looks like the Kingpin, which I would have never, ever thought before. And I saw that there are people, because I watched this uh, sort of after the fact a little bit. Like, Mike, I think not at the same time that everybody with absolutely nothing to do watched it <laughs> in the first day. Um, but I saw, like, that was a thing that people were, were complaining about. And I thought, that's so odd. Because, I don't know, it felt... I don't know that it has to be true to form, but it felt, it felt right, I, mean, I suppose. his size? No, not his size. Like, his character, the sadness oh. thing that, that Mike is talking about. And I think... I don't even know that it's sadness. He was yeah, just... T- I don't know, well, There's this
1: a sort of reluctant to do what needs to be done. And then that's something that sort of struck me with both of these guys. These guys are doing, they, whether it's right or wrong, they feel like they are doing what they are doing for their community, for Hell's Kitchen, for the city of New York. They're, they right. are doing what needs to be done, and they're doing it from totally different angles. And they realize that people are going to get hurt, and they actually, you do feel, they do feel bad about the pain that they're causing. And, you know, uh, you know, this comes to a different realization toward the end of the series, but throughout it all, it's like people are going to hurt, but this is this kind of pain is necessary if we're going to move on. And I thought that was very, very powerful.
0: It really drove both of those characters in a very uh, a way that really resonated with me. He's sort of the classic mobster character, right? I mean, these aren't. Tend, they don't tend to be mustache twirlers. They are well, the, and they
2: that and that was Michael conflicted. Clark Duncan. Yeah, in the other movie, was a mustache twirler. So you don't do that. Then what are you going to get? I mean, he's, he's a thoughtful villain who doesn't think he's a villain.
0: Right. Which is, you know, it's a little further to the, we'll say, the left of where he. But that might have been him lying to himself Soprano. because he clearly was doing right. villainous things and was. I mean, what was interesting was being ahead of you guys. And I mean, we'll get. This is a really bloody show. I mean, those. Sure. Well, I think I think the variety review, the Hollywood Reporter reviews called it a blood blood porn, but uh huh. it wasn't really until he smashed that guy's head in with the door that really you got I think the full the true kingpin came out. I think That's in the right. beginning it was sort of well this guy's not so bad and then okay, no, he's bad. And That's that right.
2: it took time to get there, and I think that um you know that you have the Vanessa character, which I think is interesting as a counterpoint to that. And it's interesting in this his wife or his, his yeah, yeah. wife,
0: she's a great character.
2: And in the, but in in the in the comics, uh, she didn't know who he was, or that's the you know that's the story. But in this, at least at the Frank Miller time, and I'm not I'm not a super Daredevil expert, but I've read all that stuff. I like it, like she he was trying to keep the crime stuff away from her. But in this, they made the choice that she knows that and actually kind of eggs him on
0: and likes it and likes, she it, likes yeah the power. turned on by it.
2: And I think that that's interesting. I think that I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that in taking that sort of. Creative license, and, and uh, it works for
0: Kingpin because yes, he, in, in her he saw goodness. Right, he was he was a different man around her when they have dinner and everything. But then the more she eggs him on, the more he sort of dark dark path he goes down. Well, so he, he he feels supported. Okay. Yeah. he
1: feels supported, and if 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 his actions are validated by this woman that he's falling in love with, that he gives him power, and then you see the glint in her eyes. Like okay, so this is this is not what I expected, but I kind of like it. I think that's a really good observation. It's,
0: it's interesting talking about this now, realizing how difficult it is to talk about a 13-hour yeah show yes. because I've been thinking about that the whole time. There's about five different. I mean, this is this is a 13-hour movie with you know 15 plot lines, and uh, let's just talk about some of the, the stories because there's the story is basically the kingpin's trying to take over Hell's Kitchen and Daredevil. Uh, Matt Murdock emerges to stop him, and slowly but surely becomes Daredevil. Yeah, the the,
1: the the crime syndicate is trying to take over several city blocks in Hell's Kitchen for development. And they're... <laughs> <laughs> Real estate
0: <laughs> crime. <laughs> tra- there was a trade... Listen, in- if, oh. if Lex Luthor taught us nothing... I know. They, is <laughs> Real all <about> land. <laughs> they're not making any more of it. So... Um, let's talk about some of our favorite <laughs> episodes then. It might, be, it might be an easier way to get into the storyline.
1: It's almost hard to say favorite when when so much of it seems to hang
0: their hat on shocking. Um, well, I, I, I think, I, for me, I think Stick stands out as one of the stronger episodes. That was <laughs> the best one. Terrific. That
2: was the best one, and I think uh, the last couple as they got towards the end when you, you got confrontations between... But uh, that all matters because of the time it took to get
0: there. And I think one of so, the things that is really... That I thought of while watching this, and it's the benefit of a Netflix show, is that you have some really long scenes in these in these episodes, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are really long conversations. I'm thinking of the Stick episode where he and Young Matt are sitting on a bench, and he he's explaining the world to Matt, and that's a long, long yeah. scene of just two people talking on a park bench. And there's even the scene later on with uh, Kingpin and uh, and Ben Urich in his apartment. That's a super long. Super yeah, yeah. tense, super awesome conversation scene, and you don't really, you just you would, can't get those in a network show. You don't have the time; you literally, don't have the time for it.
1: You, you wouldn't see that on TV, and you wouldn't see that in movies. Right. I guess what's sort of exciting about this is that you are seeing a different kind of storytelling happen because of these the streaming services. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: It, it's what it is. I mean, uh, it, I I wanted to just mention that I think the, I think that stick episode was the strongest because it stood on its own and it stood out from being in the middle of this long thing. Like you sort of spend some time in, in this part of the reality, which was sort of nice, especially after just hours of punching.
1: It was um, almost like a backstory in a comic, you know, one of yeah. the, like an extra feature.
2: And then you spent a lot of time with Ben Urich and Karen. Right. Right. Completely outside. And then there was a whole storyline of foggy and Matt's relationship, which kept sort of gaining uh, momentum and time. And it would take up a lot of time, you know, as they were healing uh, and, and breaking away and all that stuff. And that stuff, that was really interesting. It's, it's, Really closer to it, it, like a long-form comic book story, like Frank Miller's original run or Bendis's run, uh, or like a novel almost. Yeah. Um, it really is amazing
0: really, how much that extra time matters.
2: Well, I mean, that, that's that's the thing that that's the thing that we're not used to with these movie adaptations. Basically, those are those are sucking out all of the things and try, you know, the, all the things well, that really build up something and then making it.
0: They, do, they have to do their best in two and a half hours. Sure, and they do. Get Thirteen hours to really delve into. I mean, you you spent more time with Daredevil than you spent with any Marvel movie yeah, character. Exactly. that's exactly. Twice so as far.
2: long as you have with 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 an Iron Man, just right. for
0: example. And was interesting. I saw a lot of people making jokes about how, like, take notice, Agents of Shield producers. This is how you should make your show. They can't make their show like this. No, it's impossible. They, they, they they're hamstrung.
1: Remember, TV shows have to end every couple of minutes with a mini cliffhanger to make you stay through the commercials right and so the, the format is totally different
2: and what's wrong with having different types of things nothing nothing totally. at all totally that's, and that's the thing that is people are like people are like finally a dark comic book show meanwhile at the same time they're oh I don't like these dark DC movies and it's like not everything is the same thing and right. that is a beautiful wonderful thing right. it would be awful if they were and some things you know Daredevil is that's what
0: Daredevil is right. really uh, you the, know did you guys find Leland Owlsley as amusing as I did? He was kind of the, more so as time went on. Right, after exactly. I Exactly. Because who in he every was. scene he just complained. Which one, yeah. the, the older guy? He was the old man yeah, uh, yeah, accountant yeah. who was also the owl in the comics. Um, yeah, I was.
2: I was like, his hair's not right. <laughs> but <laughs> but
0: he was just every time he showed up, he'd go ah. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, this yep. go this again. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he, was, he was great. <laughs> so let's let's get back to the stick episode really quickly for a second. I just love I loved how sort of. Scott Glenn, Well, Scott Glenn's performance was amazing, but I just love how sort of dismissive he was. He wasn't like the classic father figure. He was like, I'm going to smack you around because that's what life's going to do. And not in a beating your child way, but in a I'm going to have to train you and this is going to be a difficult way.
2: He was nicer than the comic book stick, yes, I think.
0: By So far. you got that going for him. But still, yeah, it, that, that was kind of fun.
1: Also, I liked. Wow. I, I I loved how his apartment stayed bashed up. By the way, just a uh, complete <laughs> parenthetical. It's like nobody ever bothered to clean it up for the rest of the episode. But I got you. Keep my stick.
0: Also, was the I think it was the first time we really introduced the seeds of what I think is going to be the uh, backstory or the or the mythology for this whole Defenders yeah, series of shows. Yeah,
2: I, I kept waiting for the hand to show up. I was like, "Are they going to be them?" And they—they they never well, did. Well,
0: Nobu was kind of—I mean, he had, the yeah. red, he had the red ninja outfit on. I think that's yeah, but it. I mean, like, I
2: kept waiting for a scene where, like, they'd pull back and you would just see forty ninjas hanging out in all its shadows. Right. Sure. Well, they were there. They were just in the shadows. Yeah, no, I, they're excellent ninjas. I mean, obviously, <laughs> but and and obviously, there's there's time for that later. That wasn't really the story in that. Well, totally the, it
0: seems sense. it seems from the from the guy at the end of the stick episode, Madame Gao saying. I'm going home, it's not China, it's much further away. And then the fact that they wanted this very specific building in a specific point right. uh, to develop, that we are uh, heading towards Kunlun and the Hand and Iron shadow Land. And shadow, like All that uh, sort of uh, mystical kung fu stuff is where I feel like Defenders is going in six years or whatever, however old we're <laughs> going to be at the time that comes out. But um, Far so too old to care about this with any real right. So that that's interesting. I like that they that was seeded a few times, but wasn't. A, it, this very much lives on its own. It's not like some of the complaints we have about the movies that are the movies are always pointing forward to to the detriment of the actual story being told. Whereas this this was a story that was told.
1: Yeah, nice. yeah.
0: So what else? What else did we like?
1: Well, I'm just curious what you guys thought about casting, but we can continue to talk about no, cast, well, well, casting. Well, casting to me
2: is, is, is probably the thing that I came away with the most impressed with.
0: They do it so well Marvel Studios
1: we
2: haven't really we haven't really gone into like our overall feeling on the whole thing but if you would ask me sort of the number one impressive thing about it it was the casting I thought you were talking about Charlie Cox and Matt and I think that that worked out really well um, I thought that um, Karen and I keep wanting to say Deborah Joe but it might be Deborah Deborah Ann and Deborah uh, vampire girl yep. she like I really like the development of her character over the... I didn't like her at first. I was like, I do know she's weird in this role. It didn't didn't work for me. And then as time went on, and, and it's almost like the actress got more confident, but as the character sort of got her feet more under her, I thought she was much more compelling at the end um, than the beginning, which was a thing you don't see all that often. Again, in these movies, everybody's sort of fully formed and you go. But for me, like my favorite character and my favorite uh, actor, while I was very impressed by Wilson Fisk's head, um, was was Ben Urich, and yeah, no, by far, I, I don't even. It's not even a thing that. I, yes, he's a black actor who had played a traditionally white character. It didn't matter. That dude was Ben Urich. His shirt looked like him. His posture looked like him. He just looked that 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 wearied hunch, and I was so mad about what happened to him.
0: Were you devastated when he died? Yes, I was shocked.
1: I he's I couldn't supposed believe to it. be
2: there. He's supposed to be the Confederate along the whole way. This
1: is bullshit. I kept waiting for uh, Daredevil to go through the the window at the very last
0: moment, but when they didn't, I'm like, okay, I guess this is it. I well, guess this is where I, we're I going. I think this is where things get messy in terms of, uh, from what we know from knowing people in, in inside, this was never meant to go beyond this season. Mm. So I think they were sort of telling their complete Daredevil story, which allowed them to do things like kill off Ben Yurik and kill off the owl, mm-hmm. but... It was so insanely popular that they've now announced the season two, and that's where I think they may come to regret some of these decisions they made this in this yeah. season.
2: Well, yeah. um, so I think we're all in agreement about Ben Urich. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, totally. even though he was the jerk guy from The Sopranos, he was amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was really wonderful, and I like
0: I, he he
1: just stood there.
0: And he, the story told, was you told. You couldn't watch him. He, would, yeah. he was now, really I No, I'm curious about Foggy because lot I'm, Foggy tends to be very polarizing. A friend of me and Mike's really hates the actor I, and the portrayal of Foggy.
2: I skirted on that line. At first I thought, I made a joke to myself, and before I tweeted it, I checked. I was like, well, it looks like Matt's about 20 years older than Foggy. And then I looked, Foggy's six years older than the, you know, the actors, you know. So huh. he's, he just looks young he's, yeah foggy is closer to my age, and Charlie Cox is barely 30. Wow uh, so uh, that's interesting and depressing i, I didn't <laughs> I, I don't know that he was wrong, but I didn't love him, but I 've never loved foggy as a character. see, I, was
1: a, I, I like foggy as a character, but keep going, keep going.
2: but there's a, there was a certain jauntiness and jocularity to his dialogue which could on one hand be served as a counterpoint to everything else that was going on, but on the on the one hand, it was like Joss Whedon being taken a bit too far, right? With sort of clever, quirky dialogue, and he I skirted, don't love that. He skirted that
0: edge. I also I hate his
2: that.
1: hair. The, the hair, the hair, I thought was a major misstep. Right? <laughs> it, because you just can't take a guy seriously like that. I wouldn't, I, you, you know, I, I wouldn't hire a lawyer with hair like that. And I had hair like that in college. But the thing is, I felt like a lot of his lines just felt like. He was looking for approval. I, I I felt like the actor was actually out of his league, um, and that's a terrible thing to say. But I I never felt like he was as grounded as everyone else around him. And that's that might have right. been the it might have been the dialogue. It might have been the that's why that extra bounce was there because he's like I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the, sort of the comedy. But Foggy's not the comedy. Foggy's just trying to get this fucking law firm off the ground. And I, yeah, I, his, that's a really good point. His his best. I mean it's not his best scene but he had a good scene where he told the the girl off in the lobby. Yes. I didn't find it believable at all that they would end up later together later on but <laughs> at least you you saw him be grounded but even then there was a brightness to it that was distracting and um I it's hard cuz you never it's not fair to criticize really but I mean it just it was interesting that the directors let him go in that direction because I get it being a counterpoint but foggy is not I don't think at the end of the day a counterpoint to daredevil they
2: they turned him into the typical quote-unquote chubby nerdy friend yeah right and that and it's a very familiar character to all of us who have ever watched anything right but it was a little too much just that generic
1: nerdy chubby friend he just wasn't stressed out enough. And maybe it's just because I've been under a lot of stress. Yes. But I just didn't feel like he was – I didn't get the sense of, uh, of the law firm growing or to, doing anything. He's
2: supposed to be as good as Matt. Yes. He is. He is. And, and he wasn't. And he wasn't. Like he, okay. was, it was, like he was getting pulled along.
0: Like, well, that's thank the God one Matt's thing that here. was short-shifted a bit was, was that they, they really only had that one courtroom scene.
1: And, mm-hmm. I, and I love that aspect to there the – There need to be more of that
0: you know there they
1: I, I agree completely because part of the the part of the great part about daredevil is like at night yes, he's fighting crime but during the day he's also doing the same thing but in a completely different arena he's still using his powers in a completely different kind of way and it, and it shows just how Almost one note, Matt Murdock is. Like well, how funny. obsessive he is.
2: It's funny in the show, it feels like they kind of made the decision like it really wouldn't be impossible, for, it wouldn't be possible for him to do both of these things. So we're yeah. going to just have him not show up at the office. Because <laughs> yeah. that was that was basically the explanation. It's like the old Spider Man thing where we're always like, how does he do three jobs and be Spider Man? And the comics <laughs> were like, just go with it. The show was like, fuck that. He's just not going to go to work.
0: That's right. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, so let's talk about his powers then. One of the things the show did was. It didn't really get into the whole radar sense. We didn't ever get... We only got really one shot from Matt's point of view in which he's explaining his powers to the night nurse. But otherwise, it was kept sort of like you had to just sort of infer what his powers were. Uh, what did you think of that decision?
2: I noticed because obviously right away in, uh, in Mark Wade's current run, that was the thing that we were shown according to their point of view with that sort of pink and black grid.
0: Right, the iconography is strong. And then
2: very strong. right away, uh, in I think the Daredevil movie, they, they took care of that early on too. But in this, I don't know, it, I liked those other things when they happened, but I also liked the choice of just leaving it as a, leaving it sort of uh, vague. Yes.
1: I, I thought that worked. When I first read Daredevil as a kid, it was during an arc where he didn't have his radar. So it, it fit kind of with that, my first encounter with him. And, I and you know, I thought the World on Fire episode was actually a really good episode, and I loved the way they described it. I'm so thrilled uh, that they only showed it once,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and then that was it. And, look, you know if you're going to watch episode 10, you're going to have watched episode 3 or whatever that episode was, so there's no reason to keep going in over it. And then it becomes too much like uh, the bionic woman with her, with her ear, you know, or the eye or something where they're like, time to use the power now. Uh, it was just more like, you got it, we know what he feels like, yes, you know, leave, them, leave the audience wanting more, I, th- I, I think it would have been distracting if they kept going back to radar view.
2: I think that that's a benefit of having had 15 years of superhero exposure in the mainstream. We don't have to explain all that stuff all the time. People are totally cool with going with it, and uh, that's a benefit, I guess.
0: So that's a more savvy audience, that's right. Mm-hmm. No, well, I also think it's part partially what Mike said is that with this particular distribution model, you're you're going to be in for the long run, mm-hmm. as opposed to being on TV where you you might miss an episode or here and there.
2: Yeah, but also like it's just not as impressive anymore to be like he has superpowers. Like right. all these other characters have superpowers. It's not the point. Never was. I,
1: I, I think where what really, if we're going to talk about powers, we should talk about you know. The, the fight scenes and and, it, and and what's wonderful is like this is truly a street level character now you, you if people didn't know what that phrase was you can say you know street level you know like that Daredevil show where you know where it's gritty some of the and and they really started these fights off right off the bat we keep talking about the end of the, the second episode the one that threw out the hallway but so many different kinds of of battles that really where you're just looking with your head. Held in your hands, going ow, ow, ow. I the liked, fight, amazing. I liked that uh, that
2: Daredevil was a boxer mm-hmm, and yeah. not a ninja. I noticed that, and right. and the reason I noticed a that lot of is punching. because, yeah, because if you watch, I remember this from when I was watching like Batman Begins documentaries, and they talk about how they chose a fighting style for him, and it was that whatever that. Maga, uh, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. That, uh, and so like I, I'm kind of attuned to look for it, and I was like, oh, he's not being a ninja, he's being a brawler, which totally makes sense. Yeah, uh, in that sense, and then at the same time, and then when, when uh, Fisk fights with him, like he had his own kind of thing going on, well, what uh, which I, liked, I thought
0: was neat. What I liked about it was that, and this was very apparent in that very famous second episode fight scene. And whoever choreographed these fights should win awards for choreographing fights if, there's, if those <laughs> things exist. <laughs> if they don't exist, they should get a special Emmy. But uh, what I liked <laughs> about it was it—he didn't come out at the end like, okay, now off to the next thing. Like he was fucking exhausted from all yeah. these fights. Yeah. And in the middle of the, the long fights, he would get tired, and they would, they all, all, everybody would get tired. They'd all sort of stop for a second <laughs> and catch their breath because they're not superhuman. So I like that, that sort of realism, as real as you can get in this ridiculous scenario, is, is that these things are really physically taxing.
1: And what's also, what was fun, too, was even though he's got this brawl and these punches, you really felt these punches, there were some really incredible spins and kicks. There's this one where he's running after the the car to see where the heroin factory is. There's this one time where he jumps across the building and then flips in the middle of the air so he can do a barrel roll out of it. I watched that three times. It was so (laughs) awesome. And there were a couple of times where in the middle of a fight, he would just add an extra twist to get more momentum behind a kick or something so even though you know by the end of this series you've gotten used to seeing a lot of fight scenes there were still little things here and there that he would daredevil or one of his opponents would have to use to get the upper hand that you may have not seen before which i thought was really effective and then finally just the sheer sense of power of what happens when the kingpin decides to hit you Mm -hmm. was really really kind of incredible just, if he had both of his fists up, you were like, I'm not, I can't watch the next scene because he's going he's gonna to destroy this poor person. And so I, I, I thought they, they talked about agility. They showed agility, speed, and power in, in a, ver- a variety of ways that was really compelling.
0: So now let's discuss the costume.
2: Connor, why don't you start? We've been talking a ton. What do you think of it?
0: Well, so well, Which costume? Yeah. Well, there's that's a lot of interesting things going on here. So, of course, when this series was first announced, they showed the costume that you see in 99% of the series, which is the black uh, costume taken directly from the comics, but everyone com- forgot about and, that and complained. And it, from the Hulk special. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, but not exactly. It's closer to the comics. I, than, but, yes, from, from The Trial of the Incredible Hulk starring uh, Bill Bixby. As we discussed earlier, this is his journey. So about halfway through, he gets the sticks, the weapons. And then he gets the holder for the sticks on his legs, so that's a little bit closer to his costume. And then by the end of it, he has gotten his full-on red costume with a little bit of armor because he's getting sliced up, especially in the Nobu fight. And it was funny, I made such a concerted effort to not see the costume. <laughs> totally. That's just the cover, by the way, of the show. Well, like, that's what I'm about oh, no. to get to. So I'm watching this <laughs> on Saturday after it's released, and I've made a concerted effort to ignore everything. And I get to the last episode, and the cover on the show changes from Matt Murdock to Daredevil, and I went, well, there it is. I literally <laughs> it's had not no a good, choice in the matter. That's not yeah. a good shot of him, either, the way it No, makes so I really liked the black outfit. Mm-hmm. Really? I, I liked it a lot. I thought the mask was really interesting and cool, and I thought the silhouette made it, was awesome. He looked, he looked imposing. Mm-hmm. I took a long time to, with the red costume. I think I've come around on it, but at first I, I did not like it at all.
2: See, I didn't really like the black costume. I totally understood the, the reason for it, but I, I, I knew it was temporary. I actually hadn't seen the other costume. I knew it was temporary, for, but so I was fine when they switched. I'm surprised it took so long to switch to it. They were okay. like, it was at the very end, here it is. Because the whole time I was thinking, he's going to get his ass kicked in that thing, which is what happened. And also, like, I mean, there is, a, uh, there is an, an aesthetic to marvel even dc really uh, superhero costumes where they've they've got some armor to them they have some body they're not spandex and so i i guess that just makes sense this
0: is why i liked it because it was so different i thought i I kept picturing him in the room with the avengers and and thinking how off he would look and that would really work his character
2: i think that that will work better for um uh, Iron Fist.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking of yeah. Iron Fist. That costume obviously reminded me a lot of Iron Fist. Because Iron Fist
2: is going to be super high level martial arts, yeah, and and Zen and all that stuff, and he won't let himself get hit, so that his you know he'll want to keep himself light. That makes sense, but because of how they had made Matt Murdock into a kind of fighter, it didn't make sense. So, by the, but, but I like how they got there. Too. I I,
0: like, I I got really there much. by the end. By the when I first saw it, I was like, oh, and I, thought, I mean, I thought the mask the it. mask is a little off. Mm-hmm. It makes the shape of his head weird, and mm-hmm. I don't know why. But That's all of
2: them. I mean, that's Captain America. That's whatever. I don't think it's
0: you as bad. Captain America is not so bad. It's just it sort of squishes his his the area above his nose. It, it mm-hmm. I don't. I can't even be able to figure it out because I haven't looked at it enough. But I have come around, and I've looked at some still images of it, um, you know, movie stills, and I do like it now. So mm-hmm. that's so that's where I'm at with it. I,
1: I kept waiting for the I, whatever the piece of equipment that is the sticks connected with the rope. Right. That yeah. One, I was like, when is that one gonna come I out? I thought that, that was gonna be the, the last me. shot. Totally. You're I was gonna fling yeah. that and swing. I
2: was like, yeah, the Polo? Is it the bolt? Is well, that's the word in my head? I don't know why.
0: Well, the is thing it? about his sticks, they're magical. That sometimes they connect by a rope, and sometimes they don't. <laughs> it's whatever you need in the story at that moment. Well, you, yeah, you it. Yeah. But uh, I liked it by I'm the old. end. Oh, and
1: and we got we did get bouncing stick. Action! Oh, yes, was, Yes. Very that was I, I love that.
2: I love that the same way that I love uh, bouncing shield action and why, and why <laughs> Captain America's stupid magnetic arm is the dumbest thing ever. I'd rather disbelieve that he's that good at throwing and catching the, with the straps than there's some technological implement there. And, and, and that goes double for Daredevil, by the way, because so he doesn't have Tony Stark.
0: So now what, what did we not like about this? It's tougher. It's tougher. It, well, it's
2: not tougher for me. <laughs> I
0: don't. I don't put it as a specific thing, but
2: I will say I wasn't terribly compelled to keep watching it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. Because I, on the one hand, I was forced to keep watching it because we were trying to do this thing and get it. So it was like for me, it was a little like going to work. <laughs> I was just like, all right, they're going to punch each other for a while, and I totally would phase out uh, during punching long punching scenes. Like I, I just would. It's it's not my thing. It is for a little while, but there was a lot of it. A lot of it. And, and you know, like I kept going back to the idea that it's really well done and there's all sorts of things that like everything I've said about it, I absolutely believe, but at the end of the day, I'm kind, it is just an adaptation of something that already existed. That was really good. And and ultimately it may have felt a little bit pointless in that, unless you really like seeing in, in live action, which isn't a thing that I need, Hmm. which is very similar to why I don't really watch the animated, uh, you know, like specials that they have. So that's not really an overall criticism. It just sort of, it's a taste thing, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're, no, not, um, you're not, not really liking. into into the movies and the TV shows. Fun in
2: the same way. I think they're kind of cool, but at this point, like the novelty of them has, like, I can't believe this. I can totally believe there's all these things now because right. that has been reality for a long time. So, like, it was good. It was really well done. It was better than say something like uh, like Watchmen that was so exact there was no point. But it was also really long. And I, I found myself thinking, and this has to do with the model, like, I, I, I think I would have been happier if they released them like one at a time. And then we could all experience them in the chunks they were in more together, which is a fun part of it. But mm-hmm. having like, everybody watch all of it right at once, while well, some people couldn't watch all of it, like it spreads out the sort of group experience, which I like. It's one of the reasons I like issues of comic books. It's one of the reasons I like doing our regular comic book podcast, because if we were all reading trades, we would never be on the same page. Right. Literally. So I think there's something cool to to actually having stuff be released it's a little more separated than here it all is. Right. But that's not for everybody, obviously.
1: I think I think it there was a little bit of dragging toward the last three or four episodes where I felt like I wanted to tighten it up a bit. I just I kind of knew where I kind of felt like I knew where things were going. I mean there was a really nice reversal at the very, very end. But I just felt there were some scenes that Okay. Okay. We'd, I don't necessarily need to walk down this hallway that long, or have this conversation be that long. I just felt like it, not everything needs, not every episode needs to be an hour. You know, the, I, think yeah. you I think you could have. I think you could have done this in twelve hours, even 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 ten. And that and that I think might have ex- given a little bit more sense of urgency to everything. I just think thirteen might have been too long. And I loved. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I quite enjoyed it. But you know. I, I kind of had the same feeling with Josh. It's like, man, I, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not really ready to watch the next episode because I, well, I never like, know where it's going.
2: Three or four, I was like, There's "Fucking ten more of these!" Yeah, like was, you know, because and and you know, we're, it's it's like a, so maybe spreading it out, I think I would have enjoyed it more in in that
0: respect. Yeah, cause, I, I can say it for you. I, I mean, I loved it. Yeah, I, yeah. I stayed up till almost three in the morning on Saturday to finish it because I couldn't stop watching it. Uh, well, it I like yeah. the that they were able to revel in it. I mean, this, this is the format. Yeah. and they're yep. gonna have thirteen hours. Might as well take them and do stuff you can't normally do. I, I, mean, there were little things here and there, like when Wilson Fisk, they're about to expose him, right? So uh, there was that great scene where, where uh, Ben York is writing the copy about Wilson Fisk, and I really liked the writing. I, I liked him in that scene, and then uh, he goes on Tv Wilson Fisk goes on TV and exposes himself, and I, I kind of made a face because who is he? Like, why is everyone covering Agreed. this press conference? Like, no one knows who he is. Right, But it was just little things like that. Like I, did, I, I thought, pushed through it because everything else was so I, f- I think the only downside I mentioned earlier was in thinking they only had these 13 episodes, I think they, they, they may have squished in too much. I think that we were shortchanged some Rosario Dawson. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think kind of like she to, had to leave for another project right in the middle yeah. of it. <laughs> yep, exactly.
2: And, and, and I, I'm not for –
1: yeah. I'm not for – and I will always
2: take more Rosario Dawson, even if she's just a trained bureaucrat. That's,
0: Do you remember when we met her briefly at uh, Heroes Con? Oh,
2: God, I forgot about that. But that does not detract from what I said in any way just now. It only enhanced it. I just went, oh, yeah, because <laughs> she was like into comic books for a little while. Yeah. And she showed up at all the shows. So I forgot about that. Um, maybe that's why I love her. so. Um, <laughs> no, but I really like her. And it, like I was like, oh, that's Rosario Dawson. And I thought they had an interesting relationship, but I also think that when they kind of, like, oh, they've done everything they were going to do. She's not going to date him. Right. Eh. You know, but she sort of just disappeared, which was weird. Yeah. But also, I'm glad they didn't stretch it out to 13 episodes for no reason. True. That was a thought I had. I,
0: I, I felt they like could have, if they had thought they were going, or known they were going to do two seasons or, more, or whatever, they could have maybe taken some of these characters and having them show up in the second season. Not, you know, not stuff it all in. And I think killing Ben York was a big mistake. As great as that confrontation in their room was, which I thought was one of the best scenes in the whole show, when uh, mm-hmm. he turned the lights on and there's, there's Wilson Fisk sitting in your chair. Which, by the way, you just – at that point, you just get up and run. You're dead. Well, you have to – you poop. <laughs> you poop and run and then die. Um, well, but,
2: what, I, th- you know what, though? Like, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought – I totally you know, did not. You You don't – if you don't kill him – I mean, that's always there. Then he can get me whenever he's always there. I'm not safe, and, and I I get why you know they, they ended that guy's story. It kind of works either way because then it it makes Wilson K, Fisk into oh like he's not he's not screwing around. Um, I I just,
1: I just feel like people should just turn on the lights more. <laughs> uh, I just maybe we have clappers. I mean, <laughs> Let's turn them on. You could. It's Daredevil's Map's the only one who's blind. Everybody else, turn those lights on. It's okay. Energy
0: it's crisis, Mike.
1: Everyone's conserving. Yeah. Everyone's well, doing their part. But what it, sort of somewhat related, I guess. I don't know. Like, what did you guys think of the role of New York in this? Like, part of me, they kept talking about Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, but I, I just didn't. <laughs> in a weird way, I didn't. It didn't feel as "quote unquote" New York as maybe, say, a well, spider. Which is funny because they shot it New York, um, right?
2: Right. You know what they did, and I kept looking at it, going, "That doesn't look like New York." Which is, and then every once in a while, I was, I would think to myself, and I would about to be say, I say snarky things to myself, "Well, oh, that's sure. not New York." And they'd pull back and go, "Oh, it is." Oh, it is New York. But a lot of times, it didn't look like it for whatever reason. Like the outside, a lot of their exterior shots were super bright, right? Really yeah. brightly lit, like them standing on the dayline. didn't look like New York, which is, you know, wrong, weird, but. I noticed that.
0: Well, the, 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 the fetishing of "Hell's Kitchen" is a totally thing from the comics. I mean, they, it's a, I think it's on every page of every Daredevil comic, at least until he moved to San Francisco. but I thought it worked. It, it felt very different from all all the other, all oh. the other uh, productions that Marvel's done. It didn't feel like it. And also, yeah, it looked great. I thought it looked, I thought the, the, way, shot. The, the way it was shot and the, the cinematography, the, the color palette was great. I thought it was really look, fun to look at. Um, I don't, I really like this a lot. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. They're setting a high bar for themselves because you're going to you're gonna get into the more strange or Iron fist stuff and you're going to wonder if the p- people are going to come along for that ride. Yeah,
2: but I think that that makes sense because this is the thing. It's like Iron Man. Right. Like, once they made everybody like Iron Man, they were in for everything else, even if it was di- which it wasn't very different, but I don't know.
0: It, I find really myself wondering, and this is totally just because there's nothing to do with the show itself, like... I guess they didn't close the Spider-Man deal in time to make it the Daily Bugle. All right. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. At
2: least I think, see, for me, I'm looking forward to stuff more that I haven't seen a million times. Like, I've, I've only read a handful of Iron Fist or Luke Cage right. in my life. I've seen, the, whatever the Daredevil story is, I've seen it. You know, like, so I think that'll be fun, but I'm, I'm not your typical audience, so it's hard to say.
0: So you're going to have a real problem with the Jessica Jones story. Why? Because it sounds like it's going to be directly the the Bendis stuff. I mean, they, you know, yeah, the Purple but Man
2: it's only been told once. You know, we've had there are reboots on Matt Murdock all the time, true. where we sort of, you know, the, Bendis was just his longer, different version of Frank Miller's thing, which was just a lo- a different version of of you know the earliest version. So that, I don't know. That doesn't bother me so much. I also haven't read that, and I read that once, ten, fifteen years Mike, ago. Mike, I really hope
0: there's well, a character called Miller in in that. Yeah, <laughs> I, totally Miller. Right. You think he should be a um, he
2: should be a security guard, maybe in a cameo? No, the, the,
0: the actor playing the purple man is in Broadchurch, and he's constantly oh. shouting. Mila! Oh, you're right, he is. The, yeah. the, I guess one thing
1: that when I was thinking about the podcast um, that we haven't talked about, and you know, we'll, we'll wrap this up. But I, I love the notion of Murdoch as this sort of lapsed Catholic trying to find solace in this church. This, I know that was a big thing in the Miller books, and you. You'd, it was just sort of interesting seeing this guy turn to his childhood religion at certain times and watching this priest. So I, I actually really liked all of those scenes maybe it's because I grew up that way. Yeah, but it was like it was one it was one of the few times that you got to see Murdoch at rest right. and not you know it was a really it, there was a sort of a confessional, uh, just almost meditative aspect to him just, stopping for a second and just talking to this priest. I,
0: I, I thought those scenes were actually kind of cool. Yeah, I thought, I, thought, I thought they hit all the aspects of Daredevil that you wanted to hit. I mean, it was, if anything, they shortchanged the, the law stuff, but also that could be explained away that they don't have any clients because they don't really have a practice it's true. yet. And, um, and you can't do everything. They did right. a lot, you know, but you can't do and everything. I, and I like Karen
1: has a secret. You know, yeah. that was a great scene. I like that she's going to be dealing with that for a while and that she doesn't admit it so the the series doesn't wrap up in a nice tidy little bow?
0: I like that Wesley character. Yeah. He was a yeah. good character. Good. It was I thought this was well done. This was yeah. extremely well done. And uh I everyone's talking about it. it's interesting to see how pervasive it was in the culture. It was not just in the well, commerce culture, know. it was outside, it was in every magazine, it was mm-hmm. it was everywhere. Um, seems to be really popular.
2: There um, was a there was a brief period there, like I, I was not happy about the timing of it, I suppose, where I was like there was that show, and then at the same time that Game of Thrones came back. Oh, it was back, Game of Thrones, Mad Men,
0: and Daredevil Weekend. That was...
2: And Justified was ending, like it was, I, and I had just gotten back from like being on the road for two weeks and being on a vacation, I was like, I, 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 this too much. <laughs> um, was, at the end of the was...
0: day, though, it featured Dominic Lombardozzi, and you can't fault anything featuring Dominic Lombardozzi. Herc. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Or the guy with the cell phone from Oz, if you really want to go back. Wow. Ralph, the plumber. If, um, he, if any character appeared in Oz first, and there were a lot of them in this, because New York actors, New York actors, yeah, yeah, um, then they're always going to be that character, like J. Jonah Jameson, that's Schillinger.
1: So, oh, uh, oh, and lastly, one shout out. I thought the credit sequence was really cool, yes, and if anything yes. showed uh, how Matt, Mur- how Daredevil looks at New York, it might be the credit sequence and how yeah. his radar works. I actually it's kept a, it watching it. blood everywhere.
0: I, I was really fascinated by it. I kept watching it all th- all throughout that really long saturday um yeah uh, you're right no i had some fucked up dreams after that though like i went to bed at 3 a.m and i was like i don't know i don't know what's happening in my head right now but it's (laughs) It's really violent (laughs) was just so much punching so Um, much punching but uh, i enjoyed it i'm I'm really looking forward to i mean i was looking forward to them before but now i'm really looking forward to uh aka jessica jones which is the next one when is it that is next year netflix netflix
2: that is Netflix. That was going to be ABC at one point, though, right?
0: Right, it was. And now, okay. so next year, 2016, we got Jessica Jones, 2017, we got Luke Cage, 2018, Iron Fist, 2019, Jeez. The well, Defenders. Geez. Wait, so even so Look,
2: even a better, exactly, but even a better reason, though, to maybe spread out the release. Right. Because it's like everybody's eating all their cookies right away, and you don't get any more cookies for a year. Right. And that's, I don't know, that seems... It's gonna we're be, gonna be,
0: people were freaking... I, no one, a lot of people didn't know that. I thought people like freaking out. When do I get to see the next one? Well, you get to wait 12 months. Yeah. And then by the time the Defenders comes out, they're going to have to have a wig for Charlie Cox. It's,
2: it's not like when a season of Game of Thrones comes out once a year, we're all like, I wish those came out faster. Well. Because that's not as fun. And, and you get to all experience. I mean, one of the things about these episodes, I think, is that they didn't really have, they didn't necessarily have cliffhangers at the end of them because there was no reason for it. Right. Because
0: they're not designed that way. Yeah, and I like
2: that. I like if you're going to do issues, which is what these are in my mind. You know. well, this was a
0: trade release. This was, a, yeah, it this was, was an OGN. But,
2: but a trade release is usually comprised of a bunch of issues.
0: No, it this was an OGN. Yeah, I guess you're right. It totally was. I mean, it's just a different formatting style. Like, uh, it's, like a, it's a super, super long movie. Yeah, and which did, is weird. Yeah.
2: That's not a thing that existed, really. Mm-mm. No, you're going to start getting used to that. That's a new thing. It's kind of like House of Cards. House of Cards doesn't really have. House of Cards. I mean, The Wire was like that. The yeah. Wire wasn't like it. And that people. That's one of the reasons that they always say, you know, you want to watch The Wire, you have to go for the first four or five episodes, or you're not gonna get into it because they're, it's it's done like a novel, mm-hmm. and so you, and there were not cliffhangers. That, that wasn't how it was done. It was these were chapters in a book, and people were so not used to that that they just stopped watching it right away. Uh, I did it, I did that. I love it as a as a format though. So.
0: It's interesting, the older you get, the more you start reverting back to the classics. <laughs> it's happening with you. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, I think even with Josh's reservations, we all enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't yeah, have anything to complain
0: No, yeah. I mean, it's a. You know what? It's just really
1: nice not to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so. You bleed? <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus um, So if you want to talk about the Daredevil TV show You can go to ifanboy.com There will be a post for this show You can tell us what you thought of the show The ups and downs with All the things going on There's a lot happening in 13 episodes A lot to talk about That's all happening at ifanboy.com There you can also find our other special edition shows In which we talk about the movies and the things that come out So the next one will be Avengers in a couple of weeks we just did one on Batman vs. Robin, the uh, animated movie that came out uh, recently on Blu-ray and DVD. So those all come out on iFanboy.com as well as our weekly Pick a Week podcast that Josh and I host. Where we talk about the week's books. You can always find those things at iFanboy.com. So thanks, guys, for doing the show. Thanks for making it through this very long and violent 13 episodes. I know it was difficult, but <laughs> we, everyone appreciates it. Now people can stop asking us when the show is coming out.
1: Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. But uh we'll see you soon, I guess. So so.
0: until next yeah. time, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. And I'm Mike. Did you go away, Josh?
2: Uh, yeah, a little
0: bit. <laughs> he, he withdrew. He's got to go back I into le- the shadows. I leaned <laughs> back. Are you a member of the hand?
2: <laughs> I think you've seen me move, and I think you know the answer Josh, to that. Josh the
0: most out-of-shape hand member of all the time. <laughs> okay, let's not go with most. Of all the hand? In the clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his train, and he carries the reminders of every glove that laid him down or cut. Cried out in his anger and his shame I am leaving, I am leaving But the fighters still remain